millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello, you are listening to Just Films and That. This is the podcast where we talk about films we think are underrated or underseen. I'm the host this week, Josh Hallam, and I'm joined as ever by my Christmas friend and elf, <laughs> Alice Oliver. It's good wow, that it, Alice. There's Seamless broadcasting. How are you doing? I d- yeah, I didn't know he was going to say that, but I love yeah. it. Josh, yeah. my fellow you Christmas friend. You insisted. <laughs> insisted. He said, yes, it was awkwardly introduced me as your fellow Christmas friend. <laughs> All year round as well, please. Yeah. Like not just not it's just May in December. The 10th today, you. and we're no. <laughs> how are you doing? You okay? Looking forward to Christmas. I'm very well. Yes, very festive, very cheery. I'm full of the Christmas spirit this year. I started my shopping ages ago, so now it's all done. Everything's wrapped. The trees up. I am good to go. What about yeah. you, Josh? Are you I... last minute, Larry, with your no, presents? No, no, I'm not last minute. Larry, okay? I haven't done. I've done most of my shopping, and mm-hmm. I just um, just well, not to let people into when we're recording this but i just need to I, we just need to decorate this weekend mm-hmm. um because i think people go too early well the Ollie, i think people go too early so my husband wanted to do it like mid-november yeah and i obviously. was like that's too that's too soon that's yeah. too soon first of december i think is the perfect day we went first weekend of december up. last year but the, the tree started dropping its needles so either we bought a crap tree or we went too early so we're going second weekend of december this year and doing it this weekend to keep so. it alive Indeed, yeah. indeed. Anyway, we are joined, as we usually are, by a wonderful Christmas guest. He's an actor, writer, podcaster in his own right. Mike Fenton-Stevens, how are you doing, sir? Welcome to the podcast. I'm very well. I'm delighted to be your other Christmas friend. Yes. I'm, I'm glad you <laughs> got, only got two. two. I've only got I know. two. That's what I read. <laughs> <laughs> I, I asked them to keep my name out of that, but, you know, they didn't print no, it in the end. No, no, it was it was the front cover of the, the sun. Yeah, it was. It was. Yeah. Josh, <laughs> no friends. <laughs> yeah, anyway. How, are you looking forward to Christmas? Are you a Christmassy person? Yeah, I love Christmas, yes. Uh, uh, almost too much, I think, oh. maybe. You know, I, I think where I get, I get overexcited about it and then find things frustrating when they're not exactly as I wanted mm. them to be. Mm. So I, I, I'm trying as I get older to calm down, just let it happen, not be so bothered about it. Mm. Normally, I, my house is absolutely rammed, mm. uh, but it's not going to be so full this year. It's just my daughter and... Uh, her husband and two children are coming on Christmas Day, which will be this—it's about the smallest lunch we've cooked for Christmas Day for years and years. So that'll, so be five that'll make people, it easy. It? Yeah, no. Then there's uh, four of them, four kids, two of us, and my mother-in-law. All right, is coming as well. Yeah. Yeah, that's still that's still quite a that's, lot of turkey. That's still seven, that's good, isn't that's, it? That's yeah, all right. that's, well, that's we we often often it's fifteen. So oh my goodness. Mm. 
Yeah. The most I've ever had was, as in, I was there for, I've never done it. I am not allowed. Um, but it was, I think, it was 17 we had once, and it was wall to wall people. Oh, yes. it, was, it was, it was, it was crazy. Well, like you, Alice. Oh, no. You've got quite no a big family, near. though. Why have you never. I, d- I, don't, I, so I don't think we really have got a very big family. So it's my parents, and then my brother and his partner, and their two children, but they very much. Because they're sort of they do their own thing now on Christmas Day. We do sort of hang out and stuff over the Christmas <clears> period. So on Christmas Day, it'll just be Mum, Dad, and me and Ollie. Um, and then we'll sort of we'll go and see my sister on Boxing Day, and then go see my brother the day after that. So we sort of split it up. But yeah, even even the most like busiest Christmas Day was probably maybe eight people maximum. I'm not talking like fifteens and seventeens. That's wow. so crazy. Mike, so you, Mike, you think when I when I get Christmas in that <laughs> when I'm in that home. I'm in the home then, and I'm saying to people, when I, I was, we used to have 15 people for lunch, you know? And they'll say, yeah, of course you did. Yeah, yeah. That's of course right. you did. I, yeah. I used to be an actor. Yeah, yeah, of course you did. <laughs> well, so it dawned on me uh, whilst I was prepping the episode, so we've had two other Christmas specials with guests, mm-hmm. both of which was Harriet Kemsley last year, who was brilliant, and the Rosie Lovely. Holt the year before, which means you're our first male Christmas guest, Mike, which means by default you are the most father Christmas guest. So, uh, ho, ho, ho. So, you happy with that? <laughs> I'm very happy with that, yeah. I've always wanted to play Father Christmas. When I grow a beard, it's very white. And I've always thought that actually, usually when I was doing in the middle of pantos and things, mm. and I was thinking, why the hell didn't I just grow a great big beard and sit there and go, and what would you like for Christmas? <laughs> you, ho, ho, ho. you can't have it. It's too expensive. <laughs> yeah, I could have done that. Could have done it for hours and hours. It's the way to wipe out old men with beards, though, isn't it? Because uh, it, it, you're, they're all old. They're all sitting there, and they're all surrounded by hundreds of children who come up and breathe in their faces with COVID. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a good. That's a good population curving thing. Right? Actually, it, thinking about it. <laughs> yeah, it's very much what Rishi Shunet yeah. wants. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. They're all behind. And that's, you know what we should actually do? Actually, is get all the kids to breathe in the old men's faces. And then- yeah. <laughs> Rishi Sunak, or as I like to call him, Tiny Tim. God Indeed. bless us. Indeed. And Rishi will be on the everyone. podcast next week talking about yeah. a film that he... No. Um, <laughs> is, he, is he old enough to watch a film? Is he, yeah, he, 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 he just does he used to go with his mum, doesn't he? I yeah. thought he was... Yeah. <laughs> um, so about Christmas then, Mike, any weird traditions, any highlights for you that you look forward to? Um, yes, I, we play the trumpet game, which is mm-hmm. when we... We herald the food in by blowing the trumpet, mm-hmm. uh, which are those little blowers with the you know, oh yeah yeah yeah, and they they roll out and then you make a toot, and uh, and after we've had food and we've <laughs> drunk a bit, we see how many of those we can put in our mouths at once and still inflate them all. <laughs> What's the record? Thirteen. Mm, 13. That's I'm an actor. I'm an actor. Yeah, what do you expect? It's all in the lungs, darling, isn't it? It's all there. It's all it's, diaphragm. That's what it is. It is. From the stomach, yeah. isn't it? Project. Yeah, yeah quite. <laughs> <About> <laughs> I think I nearly any... did as well. <laughs> <laughs> any, any weird Christmas traditions for you, Alice? I don't think anything too weird. Welsh I do... stuff? We did no nothing no 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 weird Welsh things going on, but I do my mum has got these little like jingle bells and stuff. And I do like it when she, if she wakes up before everyone else and she goes around the house ringing these bells and waking everyone up, I quite enjoy that. And then there was a couple of years on the bounce. This was a few years ago now. We're on Christmas Eve. So my dad, my dad doesn't drink. He's been teetotal for decades. 
but the rest of us would get absolutely blind drunk. <laughs> and then he would drive us around all the surrounding villages to find like the most decorated houses and like go and see all the lights and stuff. And then we'd be playing in Dolce Jubilo by Mike Oldfield, Mike Oldfield really, really loud and <laughs> singing along to it. So he'd trying to be driving along in winter on these like country roads in North Wales. And there's just four pissed people in his car <laughs> going. Da, 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 da. I want to do that. That sounds fun. It, it was good times. Have you been pulled over by the police? Oh, no, okay. no, yeah, okay no, tonight, no. sir. <laughs> I've been bought by my family making me drive it's, around. It's yeah. funny, you know, because obviously obviously he's always the designated driver and like driving everyone, you know, to and from and, and you know, at certain times like New Year's Eve and all that sort of thing. He has been stopped and breathalyzed a few mm. times. And obviously they say, oh, when was your last drink? And he's like, 1971. <laughs> and they, they always think he's taken the piss. But it's good to have such a good answer, I think. <laughs> I'm afraid my mind has immediately gone down being stopped by Sting and everybody else in the middle of Christmas. That would have been... That would be the police I would like to be stopped by. Yeah. I'm going to just see whether you're drunk, sir. Can you walk down this white line? And don't worry, every step you take, I'll be watching you. That's it. And, and by the way, sir, your breath is terrible. Don't stand too close to me. <laughs> um, okay, then let's move on to talking about this week's film or the Christmas film that we've picked, which is, of course, White Christmas from 1954. So if you've not seen it, Sorry, there is going to be spoilers for a 70-year-old film. Mm -hmm. uh, Mike, now you've picked this one, obviously, because it's our Christmas special. Tell yeah. the people at home what White Christmas is about briefly and why you picked it for the podcast. Okay, White Christmas is a, well, to a large extent, it's a vehicle for, for uh, the wonderful music of Irving Berlin. But it's about two men who are in the army and their general retires and they, they then come out of the army and one of them saves the other person's life. So he then uses this to get him to become part of a double act. Uh, they then become quite successful on Broadway and they're, they're working very well together. And then they, it comes to Christmas and they're supposed to go to New York and do some work. But they bump into these, they go to see these two girls who, who are a sister act. And, uh, and one of the people quite fancies the girl. So he gives them their tickets for the train tickets. And then they end up, for some reason, in Vermont where they think it's going to be lovely and snowy. And it turns out that they're staying at the hotel, which is now owned by the retired general that they all adored. Uh, anyway, it's failing miserably because there's no snow. So they devise a plan whereby they can put a show on there to try and get people to come in and to help him out. And, you know, one or two things happen. They all sort of fall in love with each other, fall out of love with each other. But in the end, loads of people turn up, including lots of his ex servicemen and they all sing a lovely song to him and everything happening ends, ends happily and the snow falls and they sing white christmas and there you are that's it indeed indeed doesn't sound great does it no, no. <laughs> what's what's heartwarming about that um but anyway in terms of why you picked it then is it underrated is it underseen did you just want to talk about it as a christmas film well i picked it because it's one of those films that is always on at Christmas, mm. or everybody always says it's always on at Christmas, but I don't believe that anybody ever watches it. I think you, everybody knows the song White Christmas because it's become a perennial Christmas song, and everybody knows Bing Crosby singing it, but you don't really know the context of it. Actually, we, he first sang it in uh, Holiday Inn, mm. which is a sort of a, a prequel to... to uh, White Christmas, or in fact, a first go at it, mm. and and there are many things about Holiday Inn that are, that make it maybe the film I should have chosen. For example, uh, White Christmas has Bing Crosby and Danny Kaye in it, and I love Danny Kaye. He's very funny. He's a brilliant performer. If you don't know him, he was an amazing performer. 
But um, Holiday Inn has Fred Astaire in it. It does, yeah. And he does some amazing dance routines in it. But it's not a great film, Holiday Inn. Mm. And in fact, I don't think, watching it, that they ever really sing White Christmas all the way through, although it's used as a theme. Now, Holiday Inn, it's got moments in it that, because of the time it was made, that are not good. They're, mm. they're not good at all. You know, they're they're well racist, basically. I'd say, yeah, yeah. You know, so um, but come White Christmas, they nineteen fifty four, things are a bit more more liberated. There, there's a a move in America for things to to change, and uh, it's much it's funnier. It's mm. a strange film because it really again is just a vehicle for this music and these songs, and it's a very simple story. Nothing much happens in it, but you do. I think you fall in love with the people, and I think it's I think it's underrated because actually people don't watch it anymore. Mm. But I think it's worth watching because there are some really gorgeous moments in it. Mm. You know, there are it's of its time. There's no doubt about that. There are you know, the the styles of the song, but actually Irving Berlin to a large extent created the style of of Hollywood musicals, and he created the style of of all the Broadway songs. You know, the the, the songs that are, that go through it. They're so beautifully constructed, and he's, he has a fantastic. He's a brilliant lyricist, which is unusual because normally the composers in in America were, were either a, the music composer and their lyricist. But he does both, and he's a great lyricist, I think. At, uh, White Christmas, I'm dreaming of a White Christmas. It's a really beautiful song. Strangely, whenever they go to Bing Crosby singing it, they really ramp up the bass. Mm. In the thing, if you listen to the soundtrack in, of White Christmas, it's got this really strange thing where everybody's talking. Hey, I got to do this. Okay, let's go in here. Right? Well, well, wait for me. Wait for me. Well, I'm just going to sing a song. And off he goes. You go, Jesus Christ, that's bassy. <laughs> yeah, but uh, but um, it works. It works. It's um. It's also got. It's also got uh, Vera Ellen in it, who's who's a brilliant dancer, uh, the skinniest dancer. In the world, I think Indeed. she has the thinnest legs you've ever seen, but is amazing. Uh, Danny Kay, who he's known really for doing really sort of silly and funny films, and just occasionally you see that come out in in this. There's a thing he does, which is a sort of a habit of his, I think, really, and one of his tricks is that whenever he's um, he's finding someone attractive or he's talking to a girl, he does that <laughs> voice break thing. <laughs> He says it's going to be um, really beautiful in Vermont this time of year. And uh, so he does that thing, which is his trick. But he's um, he's lovely in it. I mean, they're all mm. lovely in it. I mean, I'm not sure that Bing Crosby necessarily was the nicest of men, from what I understand. But, um, but he's very good at playing the very gentle sort of... I don't know, he has a strange way of talking as well, doesn't he? He has the way he talks in... in the genre of the time, the sort of the jazz age, as it were. Mm. You know. Yes, I know what you mean. Yeah, it's like patter, mm. isn't it? There's yeah. a, lot, a lot of patter talking in it, almost like, well, it's like old, it's very old school, isn't it? That's And that's what I thought was, was it was just a bit of old school glitz and glam. The, the, mm. the thought that I had whilst watching it, and I'll come to you now, Alice, but was very much, they don't make them like this anymore. And that was the sort of feeling I had. Because we've done this, so we, we a couple of... So we do classic films. So we also do a classic mm. film where we try and pick a film that, that either one or neither of us have seen. Obviously, that encompasses all sorts of time periods, but we do try and skip between time periods. So we've done The Great Dictator. We've also right. done Gen- yeah. Gentlemen Prefer Blondes, which is the year before this in terms of, mm. in terms yeah. of release. And what's one of the things we talked about that, wasn't it, Alice, was that sort of idea of they just don't do these big, 
set piece, choreographed, glitzy, glamorous musicals anymore. And I think there's definitely a place for them. I think that's why I know it was polarizing, but I think that's why a lot of people like La La Land. Yeah, I'm sure. What do you think, Alice? I mean, I think that the, I find that some of those big set piece things, are, they're almost like filling mm. in this film. You could do this film in about 40 minutes, I think, probably. Yeah. <laughs> but then every now and again, they say they're because they're rehearsing a show at the Holiday Inn to do later to raise money for the general. Um, you, they suddenly cut to them. Well, let's rehearse this number. And then you see this great big spectacular dance routine, <laughs> which couldn't possibly do- be done in a barn. You know, it's, it's ridiculous. And, uh, and, and the strange thing about it is that right at the beginning of the film, Danny Kaye does a fabulous dance routine with Vera Ellen. Uh, to um, the best things, the best things happen when you're dancing. Mm. It's a great number, and they do this fantastic dance routine around a lake with the probably the smallest, um, what's it called? Um, the, 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 a light that shines out. What's that called? A lighthouse. A that's a, that's oh, a lighthouse, that's, sorry. That's, there's easy, a lighthouse yeah. in the background, mm. and a one shot, you see it completely as a set. <laughs> you know, it, it, it's really, you sort of go, that's tiny, that lighthouse. It, uh, then they cut to another angle. And it looks like it's in the distance. But at one point, you sort of go, oh, you shouldn't have done that shot. Now you, we can see that it's actually only about four foot tall. But, uh, <laughs> uh, there are little moments like that in it. But um, it, it, it's fabulous. And then after that, he doesn't really dance with her again. I wondered, watching it for about the third time, actually, in the last month, I wondered if, in fact, it was because he was also making another film somewhere. Do you know the way they used to do yeah, that in Hollywood? Yeah, like double, you can tell it's almost a double so in place. I've, only got, the, yeah, like I've only got the time to rehearse up this one number. We'll do mm. that. That will be my big number. And then they bring in this other dancer. Um, I've, I've written his name down. Hang on, his name is John Brassier. He's uh, the guy from West Side Story, isn't he? No, no. He's Strangely enough, he's only in one little dance routine mm. with the other woman who in, in the cast, mm. Rosemary Clooney. Mm. Rosemary Clooney, yeah. So if you want to see George Clooney with a wig on, <laughs> watch the film because that's what Rosemary Clooney is. She looks exactly <laughs> like George Clooney. I think she's his aunt. She's she? his aunt, yeah. 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 I think she so, is. Yeah. She is. So, Alice, then, had you seen this one before? I hadn't seen it, but I, I do think maybe I'd seen the odd scene. Like parts of it did feel familiar, so I don't know if it's just that it's been on when I've been around, but I've not really been paying attention or whatever it might have been. But no, I hadn't seen this one, but I had heard of it. So, mm. so there's 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 one tick in one <laughs> box. Start. Uh, what about you, Josh? Had you seen this one? I don't think I'd seen it all the way through. I think I think I'm like you. I definitely seen bits of it because obviously when comes to the 1st of December, all the music becomes Christmassy. And I think if you look at any music channel, like Christmas always will appear in Christmas songs and, and Christmas top 10 lists and all that sort of stuff. I mean, I believe it is the most successful single of all time. Mm. Like outside of, you know, obviously they've got non-Christmas songs as well. But I think it stands above all other singles, but that might be wrong. But anyway, so I I've had seen... a long time to become that. Well, yeah, That's why. Indeed. But, um, but I have seen clips of it when they show White Christmas. Then equally, it's been covered so many times that you might get, every time I Googled it to read something about it, it would be like, White Christmas is a song by Michael Bublé. It was not, is it? That's <laughs> no, <laughs> not, no. That's a cover, isn't it? Um, yeah. So no, I hadn't seen it before. So go on then, Alex. What, what did you think, having watched it as someone who, who hadn't seen it before? So I, I do think it was kind of what I was expecting overall. I did find it very entertaining and I thought it was quite charming and funny. And I actually became like physically giddy when Bing Crosby started singing White Christmas for the first time because I was <laughs> like, 
it was like the most Christmassy thing that has ever happened because I've never seen it before. And you know, you know, when something becomes so ingrained in pop culture, like that song, mm. it's a similar when, um, when we watch The Great Dictator and you hear him give that speech mm. and it's like, I knew the speech because people use it in songs and stuff, but then to actually see it in the context that it was designed to be in, it was like, oh my God. So I was like this to Ollie. I was like, he's singing it, he's singing it. And then he sang it a few more times throughout the film. So that was fun. It's um, clever, isn't it? Because they, they, they do that really clever thing. It's called White Christmas and he sings White Christmas right at the beginning of the film. Uh, they're they're in a war scape thing, and they're all there's bombs going all over the place. And suddenly it goes quiet, and just this little hurdy gurdy gets turned, and he starts singing it all on his own. And that I think is probably the best performance of it. It's so simple and so beautiful, and he sings it really well. I mean, of course, the famous version is at the end mm. when you know the snow falls and they throw open the doors of the of the back of the stage, and you can see the snow falling. And then all of them sing it with some beautiful harmonies. I love the fact that Bing Crosby stops singing the tune and actually just sings this amazing harmony to it all the way through. I think Rosemary Clooney takes over the tune. But, um, yeah, I mean, there are lots of songs in it that are, I think this, it's almost like they've, they've written a film so they can take all these other songs that are famous from elsewhere mm. and put them in it. You know? well, I believe it's the third film with White Christmas in it. So there's Holiday Inn, another film, and then White Christmas. Right, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so, so they do that all the time. I mean, yeah. there's even even in the um, in Holiday Inn, there's a version of uh, they sing Easter Bonnet, which mm -hmm. seems a strange thing to do, you know. But that's that's a film on its own with Judy Garland. But uh, mm. clearly, after that, everybody went, "We like that song." Oh, we like that song. We'll write a film about it then. And I, <laughs> I think that's what they've done again here. They've gone, you know, people really like that White Christmas song, so let's do it again and make it the center of it rather than you know, and a song within it. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. So um, I, I I just think if you are going to watch a there's there's nothing in it that you would go mm, that's a bit corny or or unpleasant or wouldn't happen these days. There's even an argument in it at one point where where Rosemary Clooney is arguing about wanting to be her own person and wanting to run her own life and all that sort of thing. So it's not even just girls going oh my god you sing so beautifully I'm going to marry you. It's um. There's, there's a. She wants the man to be a proper man. She doesn't, you know. She wants him to behave properly, mm. not be in a way as American men were at that time. You know, I think. Yeah, so, it's of course I, it's the first film in Vista Vision. Yes, How exciting is that? <laughs> what the bloody hell is Vista Vision? It's just, it's just a wider ratio. Oh, I, right. I googled it. I was like, what? Why is that significant? It's like, but then I suppose in, in seventy years, will people going, what is IMAX? Mm, yeah. <laughs> like it's just it's yeah, be, it just beamed into my head now but anyway Alice sorry what were you going to say then? Alice sorry I was just just wondering just because you brought it up then about sort of you know that the nothing that wouldn't get done now at the beginning of the version I watched the, the warning message came up saying like oh some of the language and attitudes expressed in this film don't same. align with modern sensibilities or whatever but Sky because I watched it on Now TV and they were like mm. oh but Sky has decided to keep them in or whatever Right. but what what were they talking about because like I, I googled I it I couldn't what, please tell me what it is, because so I didn't they, feel offended by anything. It, no, so they reference a minstrel show. That's all it is. That's it. That's so, true. So they reference, a, okay. they reference a minstrel show. But, but I saw that when they started singing about it, I thought, oh, there we go. Here we go. And then it doesn't happen. It's just a reference to mm -hmm. it. So I think it's obviously yeah. the way in which they frame it is a positive thing. So it's obviously reflective of an outdated attitude towards minstrel shows. But obviously... Yeah. 
I can't really. I mean, you know. I, I mean, Holiday I'm, Inn, they yeah. have a minstrel show yes, in it and they all yeah. black up. It's absolutely, yeah. oh. it's horrendous. Oh, it's yes. really horrendous. Yeah, I, I, I mean, <laughs> but, and the amount of times we've done films of this age and that comes, you know, we did Breakfast yeah. at Tiffany's, which obviously famously has uh, Mickey Rooney playing a Japanese man. So, really, so, yeah, so, you yeah. know, it's. Yeah. I think that for me that the you know it's I think it's good to draw attention to it and go it's outdated and it's not like that anymore sort of thing I, you know I, I don't think I never I don't know I suppose it's not there it's not going to offend me isn't it is it but it's um I don't think you should just get rid of it no, no I, uh, I, but I suppose I it depends well, what it is yeah. doesn't it yeah, yeah I mean I prefer... just don't repeat it yeah. Yes. Yeah, and that's mm. the thing. I like I like the warning as opposed to full on censorship. Like, yeah. don't yeah. just take it down and pretend it never happened because I yeah, don't think yeah, that's quite. helpful either. But again, that's from me. You know, cis hetero white female born in Great <laughs> yeah, Britain. Yeah. So do you know what I mean? It's it's not <laughs> for me to for say, really, is it? Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, yeah, Josh, I was just wondering what was your like general consensus coming away from it? What I really, I really, really enjoyed. I thought it. you would. Yeah, I it's just would, yeah. I, I just. <laughs> I, it is just that thing of they don't make them like this anymore. And I think, I think Mike, you're spot on. I think people know about this and it's over there and it exists, but no one's mm. going and watching it. Yeah. And I think yeah. it's, it's, it's like knowing that the Mona Lisa is there, but never thinking, mm. oh, go on, I'll go and have a look at it. Um, and yeah. so I, I, I really enjoyed it. It was just old school glitz and glam Hollywood studio formula, mm-hmm. you know, two famous guys, two famous girls. Yeah. Yes. Like you say, Bing Crosby was a little bit of a problematic character in, in real life. But then I think if you scratch the surface of a lot of people yeah. around at this time, um, then they are. So, yeah, I loved I thought it was a lot funnier than I thought it was going to be. Really enjoyed Danny Kaye. Never seen Danny Kaye in anything before. No. Um, so really, oh, really what's the, what's that? I don't know what it's called. I may be called the... There's one where he goes back in time and he, he, he becomes, he has to become a knight in right. the, the, the round table. He's a knight of the round table. He's an American because he, American in the court of King Arthur, I think it's called. I think I've heard of that. Yeah, it's a, think, it's think... a very, very, it's a very funny film. Yeah. And he does his, then his sort of, um, see, my childhood was all Danny Kaye. Mm. If we listen, we used to listen on the radio and he was the man who sang, the, you know, the, um, the, the, this suit of clothes, a king's suit of clothes. The suit of clothes are all together, it all together, with all together, the all together, the most remarkable we've ever seen. He said, <laughs> "Oh, those and ugly duckling." He said, "There are once was an ugly duckling." It just song after song after song is Danny Kaye for me when I was a young man, mm. and then he sort of disappears from people's minds. But I mean, I remember my dad telling me that he went to see him at the London Palladium, and he was sold out for six months. You mm. couldn't get a ticket. He and he just seemed as if he was making up. He was one of those people who seemed to be improvising. Mm. You know, so he was quite unique at the time. It's lovely to see him looking, you know, so so fit. Yeah, young and (laughs) fit and and in their prime. He he reminded me of Donald O'Connor. A little Indeed, bit in, in yeah. uh, singing in the rain and and, and uh, well, obviously anything done, but obviously singing. It's in a similar sort of role, thing, isn't it? Yeah, that, yeah, that comes yeah. about. But he definitely brings the comedy to it. And Bing Crosby's obviously the you know the leading man. It's funny actually. Bing Crosby is older than the general. Yeah. So yeah. so the gen- the general they talk about how he's the old man, and Bing Crosby's about three. <laughs> but he's good, isn't he? Isn't yeah. he good? The general. What's the general's name? Uh, um, Dean Jagger, I think he's called. Dean Jagger. That's right. Something because you just made me think of Meg Jagger. He plays it really well. You know, he mm. plays the comedy really well. You know, there's a scene where they're saying, you know, um, we thought it was very convenient, convenient, or uh, they're talking about coming and rehearsing the show in the barn. Mm. And he 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 keeps saying, "Yeah, I, I, okay. I think we've established that the thing is convenient." 
he just delivers it really well. Uh, but actually, when he has to do those bits at the end, which are mm. very moving, mm. when when he's brought in and he's by some sort of ruse made to wear his old uniform because everything else is at the cleaners. That trick. We've all done that. We've all uh, been there. All been there. You pull all out an old there. army that's costume. You, you and that's what I said to the judge anyway. <laughs> I was just taking the bins out. I was like, you yeah, know, I just I, had to... <laughs> nothing. I, I had to. I, you know, I, there was only a nappy available. That's what I said. <laughs> and, but he comes out and he comes into this thing, and all his old compatriots are there, and uh, and they all stand to attention. And it was, and. His face is so moving. Mm. It's a beautiful thing. He, he looks from face to face and recognises it. And you know that that wasn't actually happening at the time. He was looking mm. around and pretending that they were there. Yeah. You know, when you get a close-up like that, those people aren't actually there. He's, he's acting it. And, yeah. and I always admire the fact that you actually, you can see him pick people out and go, oh, this, oh, this, oh, my God, this. You know, and you see that reaction. And it's um it's really moving that bit I think and it's it's very Irving Berlin he wrote a lot of those songs about being in the army and, and mm. stuff but that's a it's a great song that you know um Normally being a little extra can be a bit much but when it comes to healthcare it pays to be extra and United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. We'll follow the we'll follow the old man. Mm. It's it. No, follow the old man wherever he wants to go, yeah. where he wants to go. Uh, you know, as long as he wants to go, opposite to the foe. Uh, they're great. <laughs> they're brilliant little rhymes, aren't they? It's you an think? interesting example as well because you don't really associate this period in in film history of showing any sort of tenderness for men. No, and it's actually you know, he is quite vulnerable to see. He actually does cry, doesn't he, at the end? Yeah, yeah. And it's like yeah. you just don't don't associate that. But anyway, what what else for you, Alice? Is there anything else? 
Um, I mean, yeah, there's plenty that I like in there, to be honest, but I'll just keep it brief. And the main thing that I want to talk about is Vera Ellen and her performance. Oh. I just thought she was exquisite. I thought she was an absolutely wonderful dancer. And obviously with films of this age, a lot of the takes are very, very long. So there's not much cutting between things, which means you've got to nail these massive chunks of dancing and performing as well. You've got to do it in one because the camera is not going to cut away from you. So I thought that was very impressive. And I mm. spent a lot of time, not in a weird way, but <laughs> looking at people's feet, right, when they were dancing, because I wanted to see like, oh, you know, because that's really where the skill is happening. Because obviously, you know, up top, it's like, oh, happy and then, you know, still and everything's <laughs> prim and proper and all this. So I was like, but looking at her feet and they were just going absolutely bonkers all over the place. And I Amazing, was like, aren't they? I was just so, I was so impressed with it. And I just... Obviously, thinking about, you know, film production at this time and, and, you know, the treatment of actors and stuff, I just, you you kind of get the impression that they probably went pretty hard on her. And mm. she probably she probably found it very physically demanding and all that sort of thing. So I just wanted to shout out. Because apparently I was reading a bit around her. Apparently people do think that she is quite an underrated actor and obviously she mm. doesn't get spoken about in the same breath as, say, Marilyn Monroe or Jane Russell, etc. Um so yeah, I just thought she I thought she nailed it. I thought she was excellent and just a wonderful performer. Uh, yeah. what about you Josh? What was the what was your top yeah, thing do you I, think I, I, about I love, it? Like you say just to that love the choreography. I find that sort of thing, you know, if it's done right and it was very much done right in this, it's almost mesmeric, isn't it? It's you know, you, you mm -hmm. can't take your eyes off like you say their body shape, their legs, their yeah, you know, their face, whatever it is. It's just it is it's almost it's well it's almost it pretty much is balletic isn't it and you just i just don't think you get that anymore and and there's just something to be said for putting it on having a cup of hot chocolate or a mm -hmm. glass of wine whatever it is you want and just enjoying a really christmasy film um and i that's that's all i can say with it. i mean yeah. I, I if you get to watch it twice i would say also what you're saying alice it's really interesting to watch the chorus to watch them mm -hmm. do their bit because some of them are really good at it, and just occasionally you'll see someone who's really struggling. <laughs> it's quite—it's it's such a lot of people sometimes. You know, you see one person who, who God, they're concentrating hard. They're so terrified. You know, uh, there's a song that he does, which is uh, uh, choreography. Danny Kaye does, which is very of the time. That whole thing of people being um, just being a bit weird, jazzy. You know, that mm. sort of par Parisian jazz type thing. Uh, people used to. Be, do dancing now they do choreography mm. these bases of the song and uh, and again she is she is amazing in that in that number what she does vera ellen she's astonishing um but he he again is is really good in it and really funny but if you watch the chorus all moving and making shapes around him they're fantastic they're incredible I, uh, I preferred watching Vera Ellen and Danny Kay to Rose ah, McClooney and yeah. Bing Crosby. Because yeah. they sort of like, they immediately have a connection and then they're like, we've got to get these two together. Mm. Mm -hmm. And then that they're sort of the secondary couple. But I look, because obviously, so Vera Ellen is, she's very much a dancer. She isn't singing in the film, it's dubbed. Uh, yeah. but I, but I, it doesn't matter. You know, lots of, lots of films at this time use, use mm -hmm. that technique and stuff like that. But it, I loved their sort of chemistry. You know, yeah, back and forth. The bit where she tells him they've got to pretend to get engaged, and like you say, Mike, he does the sort of nervous teenager <laughs> um, the, the voice and stuff like that. But no, I, I, I yeah, she's I'm great really, at it. Really she's really she good. It, I mean, the only criticism of the film would be that, in fact, Rosemary Clooney is not a very good actress. I mean, she's no. okay. She stands and looks, doesn't does it? Oh, she's okay, but she's not great. You know, so she's a bit sort of it's all, it's all a bit one tone, I think, with her and. You, you you're never quite completely convinced that her and Bing Crosby would have got together, 
but um, you know, there you are. Okay, so we'll move on to things that we perhaps didn't like about the film or that we might change around the film. Now, I don't think this is going to be the longest section in Pongas history or anything, <laughs> no. anything like that. And it is Christmas after all, Alice, so we yeah. don't want to, we don't want to, you know, shit nice. on my Christmas. Be nice. <laughs> be nice. yeah, but yeah. is there anything, you. come on, be nice, but is there anything you would change about White Christmas? So there's only two, there's two tiny little things just the that I noticed. The end. The, the, no. So <laughs> the, the first one is literally just that. The concept and the story is very simple and mm. I think very predictable. Um, but then I was thinking about it and it was like, so are Christmas films these days. Like it's just kind of a trope of Christmas films that you sort of know what you're getting. Like, like you said, Josh, it's meant to be a bit comforting. You don't want yes, anything formula. too thought-provoking or, or anything too advanced, do you? So it was like, I noticed that, but is it a problem? I don't really think so. The other thing is just that I think I would have liked to have seen more, t- more and spent more time in the war scenes at the beginning because later the relationship between the soldiers and the generals seems to be so significant and so strong, but you don't really spend a huge amount of time with them at the beginning. So obviously I know... You know, you hear stories, people are in war, in stressful situations, and they forge these intense bonds with people very quickly. But I would have liked to have seen a little bit more of that, a bit more of those relationships developing. And I think there is something as well quite powerful and engaging about having the war scenes alongside like Christmas songs and Christmas iconography and all that, because they are two quite opposing ideas. Obviously, war is very destructive and violent and challenging and all that. But then a lot of the messaging around Christmas is, you know, peace on earth, joy to the world, etc. Etc. Et so I, because I enjoyed that bit so much, I just wanted more of it, essentially. Mm. But but that was it, really. Like there was no no major offenders in there at all. I think overall, it was just really enjoyable. Um, mm. What about you, Josh? Anything you didn't like or you would change? So the the one thing I've got is very similar to what you said, which mm. is that I would have liked just just to have seen a little bit more about why they love the general so much. Yeah, because that would. The ending was very moving, but it would be mm-hmm. even more. I and mean, I'm not talking about like we talk about how these days, if this was made now, there'd be a, an origin film about the general, and <laughs> it'd be two hours of like why they love him so much. I just mean, like you say, a little bit more about why they love their general so much, apart from the fact that they sort of just do, and he's been yeah. their leader through the war. So maybe a little bit. That that really is me saying that that would have improved an already good. You know, peace, peace. Yeah, it would have been interesting, wouldn't it? Yeah, I mean, there are just little clues they give, though, aren't there? That all the Mm. way through it. I mean, right at the beginning, the other general who's coming in comes in the truck with him or in the back of the the jeep with him, and uh, and then he's saying, "This is no good. They can't be doing this. I'm going to drum some discipline to these men." And and he says, "Yeah, yeah, okay. When you take over tomorrow, they'll need it. They need that. You know." Then he says to the driver, "Take him out back on the shortcut." And, mm. uh, and and the fellow says, that, that's not the way back. To-. He says, yeah, I know. And he's <laughs> yeah. obviously just, just keeping him out of the way so they can have this final evening together. Mm. And it's little tiny things like that. And there's also a little thing that, um, now that you've mentioned it, I, I hadn't really taken note of it, but there's a thing that Bing Crosby says at one point. He's just watching him uh, standing there as almost like a waiter in 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 the hotel. Uh, and he's, he says, when he, when he ate, we ate. And he slept, we slept. And Danny Kay says, then he woke up and we didn't sleep for 28 hours. <laughs> and and you, and you, that, I think those, you get a sense then of that this is a man who, who gave more than his men almost. He was mm. right at the front of it. And they, they saw that and recognized it all the time. And that to me was almost enough to explain it, you know, to, to mm. accept it. No, Although I agree, point. it would be a really interesting film to, to, 
to follow that. In, a, in many ways, you could have just made it a war film mm. that finishes with this scene. You didn't need the other side of it. You could have had it as a... It could have been written as a war film, I think, and mm. you follow the the progress of thing, come to the point of him leaving, and then cut back to you know, uh, later, mm. and just yes. go to the end. That would have worked just as well. Uh, you know, mm. perhaps we should write it. Yeah. <laughs> White Christmas too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What are you back? Is there anything you would change or for you? Is it just is it just pretty much flawless? Yeah, I would. I would have liked to have seen Danny Kay do the dances. I would have. Yes. I mean, I really yeah. appreciate the skill of the person who danced with Vera Ellen, and clearly she's such a great dancer that she needed another really great dancer to, to show off her skills with. But I think they could have worked it out. Choreographer, the choreographer, um, Robert Alton. Oh, is that right? Yeah, Robert. I think it's Robert Alton. Not, not yeah, who, who was the choreographer, who was the man who discovered Gene Kelly. Isn't oh, right. Yeah. Mm. So he was the choreographer, but I think he could have worked it so that, you know, Danny Kaye's, Stuff was easier, and she did the complicated stuff around him. And I would have mm. liked to have seen them dance together well more, because I thought they did dance beautifully together. And I, I'm afraid, although the man was who, who sort of stood in for him was a, a fantastically skillful, he, he wasn't the most enigmatic person, was he? Yeah, he one's a star and one's not. At the end of the yeah, day, yeah. Quite. And it was yeah. just when when she was dancing with him, it was more there was story building happening mm -hmm. during those dances as well. Yeah. And I think you you miss that. Like with the is it the big number Mandy that they do? Yeah, that's just very much just like that's just a, a piece. That yeah. is just a performance piece. There's not really any character development or any story development within that. No. But in the previous dance, like when they're dancing around the lighthouse and all that, that's mm. it's building something, isn't mm. it, in that? So, yeah, I do, I do definitely see what you mean there. Yeah, yeah. It, it, they do, for all their skill and all the production involved in it, they, they feel like they're filling time almost. Mm. You sort of go, when are we going to get back to the story? Because this has nothing to do with it, really. Mm -hmm. You know, so um, yeah, that would be the the flaw in it. I think that they could mm. have that it 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 could have been the whole story really, rather than mm. and maybe by bringing more of that military stuff in at the beginning, they would have filled that gap without needing to do it. But then you know, Irving Berlin writes these amazing songs, and I think his simple songs are the best. Without it the is, doubt, it is, and it, and like you say, it is it is formulaic, but it's a winning formula for a reason. Yeah, it's why Channel Five is able to show. <laughs> A Christmas film that's exactly the same <laughs> with different people in it every 10 minutes, you know. You, you, there's another one coming. Here it is. There's a woman who comes along and a man that she doesn't really like and he's a bit of a rival, but he's quite good looking. And they, she's small town, he's big town. And then <laughs> uh, for some reason he falls in love with a small town and she realises that actually he's probably got a good idea. And then actually then they end up together. There's a moment where they discover that they've been deceiving each other so they don't get on, but mm. then they resolve it and then they come back together. And that storyline is in every film that's every on Channel 5 <laughs> right the way through December. The, um, I sort of think the other day that was a, 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 a mashup of all the Hallmark Christmas film posters <laughs> yes. and they are the same. It's just one's got a red jumper on or a green jumper <laughs> or there's a red scarf or a green there's just the Christmas colours in jumper or scarf form and, <laughs> and it's just repeated what over and over again. What happens to these people? Where did they go? I'm, I'm making a film, making a big America. We're going to make a film. It's brilliant. Never seen again. <laughs> <laughs> okay then so we will move on then to talking about the critical reception then we'll try and decide if we think it's underseen underrated we will conclude what we think about white christmas so mm -hmm. alice have you looked at the critical reception alice do you have any idea how it did would you like to have a guess at how it did 
I have no idea That's how it 70 did. 70 years it, to build up an IMDb score. Mm. <laughs> but it, it, I mean, it, fe- it feels like it probably did quite well. Mm. I, I do imagine, and when thinking about, I think, like uh, where we did Meet Me in St. Louis and Gentlemen Prefer Blondes and that, they, they do score quite high. Yes. I think in terms of our other category, is it a classic? I think it's definitely a classic. Oh, yeah. I don't think there's any there's any denying that. Like White Christmas is in culture it is in mm. our lives like every single year it comes on and everyone knows it well how did it get uh, it probably got a high eight at, at mm. least a high eight the, a the, high the, eight you say the problem is when you think about like the classic films and that that we've done meet me in st louis got a hundred percent which just completely throws all the numbers <laughs> just way off there wow. doesn't it i'll say i reckon it's got a high eight i'm gonna say it got an 8.8 imdb wise or an 88 percent Okay. And would you think Mm. that would be fair enough? Would you be happy with that? I think in terms of, I think thinking about the time that it was made and what it is offering and a lot of the just fantastic physical performances in there, I I would probably give it maybe just under that, like Mm. maybe more like an 85 or an 8.5, but only just, I Mm -hmm. think only just. And I just think it's because the story, the concept, maybe just a a tad too simple for me, Mm. but still just thoroughly entertaining. (laughs) What about you, Mike? Do you you have any idea how it did? No, I mean, I'd be interested to know how it did at the moment, at the time, Mm. what the press said there. Yeah. You know, whether in fact they said, you know, this will be a classic, this will live, you know, mm. whether anybody predicted that that would happen mm. or whether mm. they said, what a lovely film. And, you know, Bing Crosby sings as beautifully as ever. And Danny Kaye, of course, very funny. And a great new Rosemary Clooney shows that she can act, you know, and mm. probably that sort of review. I doubt mm. very much if they said, oh, my word, this is amazing, because mm. there were lots of films being made like that. It's interesting, the ones that just caught. Yes, and the, and the ones that, that just Stood in the a way disappear. Time. Yeah, uh, but I mean, I mean, the problem with the ratings over time is that quite often the people who go back to look at them want to look at them. So yes, you've yeah, got to enjoy it. You know? yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, you have to want to go and think. I will rate this on whatever mm. website or, mm. or whatever. So okay, well, let's have a look then. So at the time of recording on IMDb, it gets seven point six out Ooh. of ten. Oh. The critics on Rotten Tomatoes give it a very similar 77. Uh, no, they don't. Sorry, the, the, that's the audience, I think. One or the other. Anyway, one of them 77, <laughs> and then the other one is 88%. So basically, it averaged oh. out almost bang on 8 out of 10 or 80%. Mm. Oh, so, oh, interesting. So indeed. who was who gave the 80%? Uh, well, that's or an average. You... Have you, mi- have you mixed them up? I think I might have written, yes. <laughs> I've yeah. not written, I'll, which is good. I'll, I'll find it dead quick. Yeah. I'll find I'm very, quick. very professional when it comes to this. Mm-hmm. If I'm bang um, on with that 88, I mean, I am I think I am just might so have been the, You win. You win I Christmas. Think, I do I, I, I think do the win. audience might have been so, yeah, 88%. Audience, 88%, and then the wow. critics, 77%. You know what? I am, I am surprised. I thought the critics would have... I thought the critics would have loved this. I thought mm. they would absolutely loved it. I mean, there wasn't much. Neg- I had a quick review of a look of what they were saying. There was nothing. It's it's hard to differentiate between people who are doing think pieces on it, looking back, and who actually reviewed it now, obviously because it is it is such an older film. But mm-hmm. it was ge- it was generally speaking, it's very sickly sweet. But if you like that sort of thing, mm-hmm. you will like this sort of thing. But and it, and in terms of box office, it was a smash hit. I think it was the highest biggest success of that year. So, but right. I think I think the point is more: are people watching it now? So yeah. what yeah, do you what, what do you think to that, Alice? I, I personally, I think it is. In terms of the rating, 
I think it's, you know it's probably about right, slightly underrated, but I think it's definitely for me that you know the, the the conclusion I think is people should be going to watch this because it is up there. You know, it's up there with it's a wonderful life. If you want an old classic, sweet mm-hmm. Christmas film, this is probably it. What 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 about you, Alice? Yeah, I, th- I think the the issue with with this film and films like it now is that you, the modern audience that you're going to capture has to be a musical fan audience. I don't yeah. think just regular sort of cinema goers or film watchers would want to watch something like this. I think they'd struggle to sit through the long, like very long dance numbers at times, mm. but it is very much, it feels like a stage musical. So if you're mm. into musicals, I think this offers so much in that regard. But for the sort of general audiences, I don't know if they would be able to get excited about it or if it would hold their attention. Um, I definitely think there's an argument that it's underseen. And I think it is one of those things where you just think, Oh yeah, White Christmas, eh. and then but then don't you don't follow that up? You mm. don't you don't d- discover like well what what is that? It's like you said before, Michael. Like we all know the song, mm. but we don't know the context of it. Yeah. And actually seeing the context of it and seeing him sing it in that war setting was just amazing. I absolutely loved it. I got like <laughs> I said, I got giddy. I started giggling. I was like, oh my god, it's doing it sort of thing. <laughs> um, I definitely think it's underseen, and I, you know what, I reckon that is a little bit underrated. Yeah, I do, mm-hmm. I do, I do. What do you reckon, Mike? Are you happy with that underseen and underrated? Um, underseen, I'm sure. I'm mm. sure that it's one of those things that uh, you know certain people will go back to look for. But uh, and I think even if you saw that it was on the television now, there are so many different things you can watch. I don't think you would sit down and watch the whole thing. I'm not sure I would have done particularly had I not, in a way, thought. Let's look at it. Let's see what it is for this. You know, I thought so. I then looked at it, and having looked at it, I looked at it again. You know, I've been, I've watched it three times now. Wow! Because because I Love just I, I, there were bits in it that I just really loved, mm-hmm. and I know for all the moments where you go, okay, it moves along quickly. Apart from those, as you say, those great big dance numbers, but they're again spectacular and amazing. So I think that the whole. The acting in it, I think, is really good. Mary Wicks, isn't it, who plays the uh, plays the receptionist at the hotel? <laughs> yeah, I think she's so, a, yeah. fantastically funny, uh, and it's a beautiful performance. So you know, all the way through, I thought there were lovely performances by everybody, and and it's a it's a clever, witty script, mm. well written, mm. and the songs are, are fantastic. I think mm. so. Yeah, I, I think it's a, I think it's probably I don't know. I mean. I'm sure there are people who wouldn't agree with me, so I'm happy for people to disagree and to to, to rate it lower than I would. But for <laughs> for me, it was it was fine. Yeah, I think I, really I think it. I think we can agree that it's underrated and mm. underseen, and it's well worth your time if you're looking for something that you've not seen before. We all watch the same Christmas films every year, and if you've not seen this because you think that's old or it doesn't look like it's a bit of me, give mm. it a chance. It's always worth giving it, you know giving older films a chance because this has stuck around for a reason. So yeah. there we go. Well yeah. worth your time, Mike. Thanks so much for coming on. It's been you're it's been very an absolute welcome. Pleasure it's great to chat fun. to us. Enjoyed it. Um, yeah. Tell the guys at home what they can look out for, where they can check out your stuff. Well, at the moment, I'm making a an addition to my podcast. I do a podcast called My Time Capsule, where people tell me five things from their life they'd like to have in a time capsule. And I'm at the my son who produces it with me, but well, he produces it and I just talk. He he does <laughs> so he does all the work. But he um 
he said, oh, wouldn't it be fun if we had a Christmas time capsule? And we got mm. some of the people we've had during the year to come back and tell us the thing they put in a Christmas time capsule. So uh, I got back in touch with people and about 20 people came back and said, yeah, I'll do that, Mike. Lovely. And then I have to organise everybody doing little 10 minute recordings. <laughs> it's unbelievable amount of work I've had to put into this thing <laughs> for this one episode. It's the hardest work I've ever done for a podcast. So I'm, that's what I'm doing at the moment. But anyway, we've done uh, nearly 350 episodes and wow. it's had some lovely people on it. And it's been, uh, it's, I really enjoy doing it. Uh, we've got hard work next year because I'm going into the West End. I'm going into Wicked. Uh, yes, so if you say oh. you love musicals, I'm going to go into that. If anybody wants to come along, I'm going to play The Wizard of Oz, which oh, is, seems a wow. weird thing. Mm. I That's know. exciting. It is exciting. exciting. Exciting, but also slightly daunting. It's a, <laughs> it's a lot of hard work and it happens almost every day. You've got to keep going, keep going, keep going. And where will that be on? That will be on the Victoria Apollo in London. Yeah. Very good. Very good. And when will the Christmas episode be out of my time capsule? Uh, that will be out, I think, on Monday. The first. Right. <laughs> I think it might well turn out to be two episodes. We had yes, so many people yes. came oh, back. Wow, yeah. well, they we'll, make sure to, we'll make sure to put episodes at links to, to, the, to the podcast. Um, yeah. I've, I, you know, I do listen to it. It's great. We've, got, we've had a couple of shared guests, like Alistair Beckett-King's been on. Mm. He's been on with us as well. He's fantastic. And really I'm talking episode. to Rosie Holt tomorrow. There you oh, are. Oh, send, her, send her our best. I will oh, do. Oh, yeah. Oh, she's wonderful. <laughs> she she's is. Great. She is. Um, but yes, so do check that out. I'll put links in the episode description and um, we'll put a little bit of stuff out on social media as well. Mike, thank you very much for joining us. Mike Fenton-Stevens, thank, thank you. Thank you so yep. much. It's my pleasure. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. There we go then, Mike Fenton Stevens talking about White Christmas. What a great episode, great chat. Do check out Mike's stuff and check out uh, White Christmas as well. I think you might be pleasantly surprised if you give it a chance because you've not been watching it because it's old and you're prejudiced. That's probably what it is, isn't it, Alice? Do you know what I mean? It's probably, <laughs> yeah. you know. No, but uh, no, it's well worth your time. Give it a watch. Make sure you check out Mike's stuff. I'll put links to it in the episode description. And we will be back next week with another episode for our usual in-between Christmas and New Year episodes. So that Ooh. remains to be seen what that is. We'll leave that as a little surprise. But if you like cartoons and birds. Penguins. Yeah, penguins. And yeah. snow. Yeah, and, and tap dancing. And, it's happy feet. We're doing happy feet. And environmental messages. You know, yep. we've got it all. Great. We've got stuff. it yes. all. Yes. Uh, we'll be back next week. Um, we've done, we, you know, we normally do the plugs, but as it's Christmas, we won't. Have a very Merry Christmas, and we'll see you next week. It's goodbye from me. Merry Christmas. Cheerio. Bye. Merry Christmas. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.